Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Fix. I'm your host, Jeremy Betts, joining you as always on a Tuesday, ready to talk some Steelers football, ready to talk some NFL draft with the one, the only, the magnificent, the legendary Andrew Wilbar. We talk about you, Andrew, this way during draft season and draft talk. Any other time you're just playing old Andrew. Yeah. But but this time of year, you know, you're the magnificent magnificent the legendary andrew Wilbar. so see you're moving me up to that legendary status that you've been on already you're stealing my terminology that i give to you now yeah i, I just didn't want to hog it all you know i'm trying to share <laughs> the love and yes in season i'm i'm pretty legendary we'll we'll go with that but uh but right now this is your this is your area man this is your zone and we're happy to jump into it today See, ultimately, we have to pump each other up a lot this week, right. especially after what happened in the college football playoffs with both Michigan and Ohio State losing yeah. terribly yes. um, in terrible ways. So uh, our our self-esteem is both very low right now, though I will say that that Steelers win last night yes. definitely uh, put a little Band-Aid on the sore wound. Yeah, a spoonful of sugar helping the medicine go down oh, yeah. from uh, Saturday. Man alive. Um but hey, and we'll probably hit on some of these guys here that we saw on Saturday because some guys really boosted their stock um, in Saturday's showing. And uh, <clears throat> despite losses, we'll talk about those guys. But what we're going to do here on this special edition of the Steelers Fix is we're going to deep dive Andrew's mock draft 1.0 that he released this last week on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com exclusively on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And we're going to kind of break things down to the Steelers pick. We'll give you what the Steelers pick is from Andrew. And then we're going to kind of stay Steelers focused the rest of the show and just highlight um, from Andrew's seven round Steelers mock that he did as well last week. Um, We're going to highlight some of those picks and uh, you know, what the Steelers will be focusing on with the draft. So this is all about the draft. But first, let's let's just give a brief thought about the Steelers win on Sunday Night Football because it was it was incredible. Throughout the day, Sunday, we were seeing all these things line up for the Steelers to, to win and keep their playoff hopes alive in Week 18. And then the game actually showed up, and we were like, oh, man, this team doesn't look like they're playing for a playoff spot. But, man, did they show up down the stretch – and Andrew, let's get into it with our 
Week 17 Steelers superlative. What is your superlative from the game? I'm going to say that Kenny Pickett displayed more upside with one play on that final drive than he did any other time we've seen him in his college career. One of the big reasons why I didn't have a higher grade on him coming out in the draft. I still had a little late first on him, but the reason I didn't have a higher grade on him was that, you know, that upside question, you know, how much upside does he really have? Can he win when not everything is going his way? And don't get me wrong. I still think that he's, if the Steelers are going to become a championship team, they're going to need to put a lot of talent around him, but he, when nothing was there, I mean, the the one video went viral, I believe, Jeremy, you shared it on the BTSC Slack channel of mm-hmm. when uh, it didn't look like he could hear what was going on right. in his helmet. And it looks as if, once again, for the second week in a row, improvising toward the end of the game and putting together a drive without the help of Matt Canada. I mean, that in and of itself is impressive because, <laughs> I mean, we knew that Kenny Pickett was smart. He has that mental capacity, the ability to, you know, be mm-hmm. able to get through his reads, everything like that. But being able to win the you know, he had some protection, but on that last play, when the pocket collapsed, he had to get out of there, you know, getting hit in the sh- right shoulder and gain enough torque on that ball to be able to split two defenders. Mm. That was impressive. Something Incredible. that, you know, just being able to improvise. And that was something we didn't see a whole lot of with Pickett at Pitt and not a whole lot we've seen from him the early portions of the year. He's been solid and he's shown progression. But that is one thing that we have not seen from him. That's encouraging for me. You know, I would love to be wrong. I Don't get me wrong. I still think. I'm still think Malik Willis has a chance to be a good quarterback. I'm not, you know, this is not my give sure. up, surrender all to Malik Willis, <laughs> give praise to Pickett. But I want to be wrong about this, you know, my evaluation. And I'm happy to see that Kenny Pickett is making plays and improvising something that we yes. didn't see a whole lot of in college. He's he's doing this as a rookie, which I think is really impressive. Yeah. And early in the season when we saw him attempt to do it, it did not go well. Right. Uh, some of those things turned into interceptions and, and negative plays. Yes. His confidence is growing. I think his rapport with these receivers is growing. And if you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't look like they really did that much. No Steeler had more than three catches and no Steeler had more than 39 yards receiving Pat Fryermuth led the team in both categories. And it, you, when you sit back and you look at that, you're like, man, how did this team win this football game, but what what matters is exactly what you're talking about. Is Kenny Pickett getting comfortable, starting to feel the game, starting to understand what he can do on the football field and making plays. And I th- thought you were very, very generous there, Andrew, uh, saying that, um, you know, he did it without Matt Canada's help, uh, you know, saying that Matt Canada actually helps the offense – Helps Kenny Pickett. That was very generous of you there. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) So um, my superlative kind of falls along the same line. I was just going to say that Kenny Pickett has it. Whatever that it factor is, I think he's got it. And if you look at quarterbacks across the league, I think what separates really the, the best of the best from the mediocre to okay. Yeah. You're a starting NFL quarterback. um, But you know, Maybe you're not a a superstar and I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's going to be a superstar, but he has the makings to be because he has the it factor. He has that when the pressure is on, I'm, I'm just going to grit my teeth, go to work and get it done. And no, no amount. I mean, he performs better under pressure. I think we're seeing Mm -hmm. that he's one of those guys. And those are very few and far between. You can look across the league at good quarterbacks, Kirk cousins, Derek Carr, 
Um, you can even look uh, at guys who, you know, are playing more out of their minds this year. Um, you know, like Justin Herbert, uh, you know, you can talk about guys like that. Do they have that it factor? I think Justin Herbert is showing that maybe he does here this year. I thought that he had, but I think Kenny Pickett already is showing that as a rookie and the Steelers could not be more excited about that. That is what this team is built on. When the pressure mounts, when, when the stage is set and the, and the stakes are highest, that your guys perform and Kenny Pickett is doing that fantastic win. Andrew, let's move on though, to mock draft 1.0. We're going to break this sucker down and it's in depth. Uh, you went in depth on these guys. It wasn't just a sentence or two. Um, I mean, you're, you're taking your time. This is one of, I mean, if you're out there scouring through mock drafts, this is as well researched and as well thought through as any of them. So Andrew, before we jump into it though, give us kind of your philosophy when you go into a mock draft, uh, specifically this one here. So when I'm doing a mock draft, I'm primarily focusing on what may, at this point of the draft process, what makes sense based upon whether it be team needs, schematic fit. I'm putting all that into account as the draft gets closer and you start hearing rumors about, you know, such and such team has an interest in this player. Then I start trying to piece some of those together and make an act, uh, try to make a projection of how things are actually going to turn out. Okay. So, you know, once we mock 1.0, I only go one round, but I give more analysis for each team. Once we get to mock 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, I'm, we're going to extend it to three rounds, but there's not going to be as much analysis for each player since sure. a lot of it was covered in 1.0, for, at least for the early <laughs> prospects. We'll still have analysis for the Steelers picks. Um, and then once we get to mock 5.0, will be the seven-round mock, which is just straight projection. Uh, but right now, you know, there's even the Steelers pick, like we'll get to a little bit later, a little bit projection there, not a player necessarily that a lot of people are considering at that point. But I'm also looking at from the perspective of who has the opportunity to rise based upon, oh, they've been invited to the Senior Bowl. Uh, they're you know maybe they're a smaller school prospect or maybe a prospect that's not on the radar of most people but they're going to have opportunities this spring that some other prospects are not going to have to raise their draft stock so it's a little bit of projection right now uh but i think i'm right now the biggest thing i'm looking overall in terms of fit is just schematics you know what mm. defense or type of offense a team is running as well as what makes sense based upon the needs that they have pre-free agency yeah absolutely i think that, that is a, a great way to go about it because um, you know, you're talking about teams that are teams that are very, um, you know, not set for 2023 yet. Right. We, we don't know the records. We don't know really anything, you know, that, as far as how the season's going to end here. So um, you're not like stacking the, the board. So the Steelers get the guy you want, right? This is, this is right. what you think each team is going to do. And so when we get down to the Steelers pick, which for the purposes of uh, your mock earlier, they still had the 16th selection um, in the draft that may have changed after Sunday's results. Um, what was that? Oh, oh, sorry. I've, I was just motioning to Jeremy. Sure, sure. The Steelers have the 15th pick now. Okay. So even though we won, we went back one spot because of <laughs> other teams that won. Sure. As much sense as that makes, but it will be roughly in that area. Gotcha. So, so we're probably looking at this unless the Steelers make a, a playoff appearance and run, you know, however that ends ends for the Steelers. Um, but still uh, going to be very close, but we're going to dive into this here. Uh, and I just had some notes, um, you know, 
from from reading through it. And I think one of the big things that we're going to see is a lot of quarterback needy teams. I could I counted uh, as many as eight teams. And I won't go through all those here. We'll break that down further as we get into the offseason. But uh, potentially, you know, a third or a quarter of the league uh, needing uh, quarterbacks <laughs> this year. Uh, so that's going to that's going to uh, change who's available for the Steelers in the middle portion of the draft. And you had four of those quarterbacks going uh, or four quarterbacks going to quarterback needy teams before the Steelers even picked um, Bryce Young, first overall to the Texans. I think CJ Stroud made a case for that spot this last week. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about that down the road as well. Um, you had the Panthers uh, trading up for a quarterback. Who'd you have them taken, Andrew, at the uh, fourth pick in a trade with the Cardinals? I had them moving up to get Will Levis from Kentucky, and there are some durability concerns with Levis, but when you look at his overall arm talent, as well as an ability to run, that's the big area where there's durability concerns with him as opposed to like a smaller guy like Bryce Young. There's a lot of Carson Wentz vibes you can get when you watch mm-hmm. Levis because he doesn't take care of his body all the time like he should. Um, and that could end up hurting his draft stock. He does have some athleticism, though. Uh, I, I think he's another guy, probably not a guy you want to start day one, but if he progresses a little bit quicker than what some people project, maybe he can come in midseason. I think the way Sam Darnold's playing right now, if he yeah. can keep up that play, you bring him back in 2023, let him start off the year, and then whatever happens, happens in 2023, knowing that you have Will Levis, a guy who may have the best arm in the draft and the best overall right arm talent in the draft he's going to get comparisons to josh allen based upon physicality um as will anthony richardson uh but i think looking overall i think it's a fit for carolina because of the play sam darnold is at right now and they have enough draft capital to be able to maybe give up a day two pick move up a couple spots to secure him get ahead of teams like maybe the colts the falcons could be picking ahead of them the drafter could still shake up but those are a couple teams they may need to move ahead of if they want to secure their guy sure and you know like you said, Panthers in a good situation right now. The way Sam Darnold's playing, to kind of ride that out and and give it, it the guy a shot. Levis definitely the the biggest trait uh, player at quarterback in this draft. He's got a lot of what scouts are looking for. Hasn't really put it all together in college, but we've seen it before. That doesn't always make or break the prospect. So uh, you had C.J. Stroud going right after that number five to the Colts. I think, like I said earlier, Stroud might make a case as the as the offseason progresses here and with his his play against that uh, impeccable Georgia defense this last week, um, you know, make a case to move up even as high as the first overall pick in this draft. We'll we'll see how that plays out, but maybe I'm a little biased here as well. You never know, uh, but you know, you've got to look at all of that. But the Colts could not be more excited potentially to land CJ Stroud at number five. Then you kind of had a surprise here in another trade up the lions who uh, I believe have two first round picks in this draft. Is that correct? So they have some capital to be able to move up here. And despite Jared Goff playing pretty good football here, they're moving up. You've got them trading up with the Patriots to number 14, two picks ahead of the Steelers to take Anthony Richardson and just briefly tell us, Anthony Richardson, why you think somebody would take a chance on him despite his his rawness? I think it's the Josh Allen comparisons. You're talking six foot five, two hundred and forty pound quarterback who could potentially run a four five in the forty. He has a rocket of an arm. I think you know Levis is talented, but I think I think that Richardson is maybe even more talented. And when you look at the team like the Lions, why I think they could fit. Jared Goff's under contract for another year. 
I know Goff's playing well right now, but I'm not sure he's the guy that's going to take the lines where they want to go, especially mm-hmm. since they progress so quickly. When you look at Richardson, they do, in this trade, they don't even have to give up a first-round pick. They'll still have next year's first, and they spent their first pick on Joey Porter Jr. It's a little bit of a reach, but I think overall they're still get, fixing maybe their biggest need on defense as well as getting a guy like Richardson where if he doesn't pan out and he looks like a bust one year in, you can always draft one the following year and you're not out anything. Yeah, I think that's the type of situation Anthony Richardson probably falls into here, uh, a developmental situation, not somebody that they're they're going to need to start right away. So be looking right. for that. Um, you had some edge rushers going early as well. I think we're going to see a run on edge rushers potentially in the first round like you've got going on. Will Anderson is most everybody's top prospect there, uh, going second overall to the Bears who need some serious help on defense. Uh, you got Tyree Wilson going to the Falcons at six. Tyree Wilson might fly under the radar for some uh, fans here. So tell us a, just a little bit real quick about Tyree Wilson, why you think he's a top 10 pick. I think a lot has to do with athleticism. He's big, six foot six, two seventy five. He's gonna athletically. He actually has surprisingly decent bend, more than what I would have expected when hearing his name first. But keep an eye on him at the Senior Bowl. He has a chance to boost the stock even higher. Gonna be one of the top prospects there fighting in Mobile. Yeah, absolutely. Senior Bowl coming up quick here, people too. Uh, first week of February, so keep mark that on your calendars. Always a fun thing to watch. Always a great time for these coaches and scouts. And that's when we start to see some rumors really come to fruition for what these teams are looking for. You had Miles Murphy coming off the board in the top 10 as well to the Cardinals who had traded back um, in that swap with the Panthers. Um, So in your projections, they're making some moves here and still landing one of the top players in the draft. Some scouts and some uh, teams might even have Miles Murphy as uh, their top pass rusher in this draft out of Clemson. Um, we saw some offensive tackles go off the board. Uh, the top two guys, really, uh, Peter Skoronsky and Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson, why am I skipping that name? Good grief. Paris Johnson of Ohio State going off early. So um, two guys the Steelers probably have their eye on potentially here. And then, like you mentioned, Joey Porter Jr. going to the Lions at number seven. So the Steelers' pick is getting set up here. It's going to be – Super interesting which direction they go. But according to Andrew, they address a need and they do so with a guy you might not be really thinking about um, with some of these top prospects, but a guy with a lot of upside. And we're going to get to that selection when we come back on the Steelers fix in the second half of the show. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, the Steelers pick at 16 And we will break that down and then we'll dive into some Steelers picks throughout the rest of the draft from Andrew's uh, seven round Steelers mock. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back on the Steelers fix with the Steelers pick in Andrew's mock draft 1.0. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers Fix, brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Andrew Wilbart and Jeremy Betts back with you here 
and we are about to reveal the Steelers mocked first pick at 16 in Andrew's mock draft 1.0 that you can find on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can find that article and his Steelers seven-round mock draft that we will dive into a little bit here towards the end of the show. Um, Andrew, it's got to be a lot of fun to write these, right? You and I both write for the for the website, and uh, you know, if listeners are enjoying what you hear on the Steelers fix, they should probably check out uh, the written content as well. Uh, Andrew, I'm sure you're going to be focusing in a lot on the draft here over the next uh, couple months and as we close out the season in, in what you're writing and everything. Um, but yeah, check out the first half of the show. Andrew kind of describes his philosophy in getting to uh, a mock draft, how he does it uh, at this stage of the of the uh, draft prep, if you will. Despite the season still going on, a lot of these teams starting to get into their draft prep phase, general managers and scouting departments uh, correlating and getting their schedule set for the end of the season. So it's on their mind. It's on our mind here on the Steelers Fix as well. Without further ado, Andrew, the Steelers with the 16th overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, according to Andrew Wilbar, the Pittsburgh Steelers select... Cody Motch, offensive tackle, North Dakota State. Everybody's top tackle, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe not, but hey, tell us about this guy. North Dakota State flies under the radar, right? They are uh, FCS, but they've put together quite the program there in the Dakotas. I'm a South Dakota boy. Hail the South Dakota, <laughs> right? Don't just... Lump us all into one up there. It's not the Dakotas. It's North Dakota. It's South Dakota. North Dakota State, though, putting together a good program out there. They're contenders every year in the FCS. And uh, guys like Cody Mach are the reason why. Big physical guys that make NFL prospects. We've got some NFL players, some really good NFL players out of North Dakota State. So tell us, what do you like about this guy? Well, with Cody Motch, a lot has to do with projection, like we talked about earlier. He's not, in, in most mock drafts, I've seen mock drafts that have had him inside the top 20, but most mock drafts are not quite this high in him. Most draft boards you look at have usually a day two grade on him as of right now. I think he's going to get pushed up, one, because of need, of the amount of teams that need offensive line help around the league. But also, when you look at his versatility, the big concern with Motch is his arm length. He's six foot six, 305 pounds. But there are concerns about how long his arms are. They may not be proportionate to his his six foot six body frame. You wouldn't think that that would be a huge concern for a guy with that good a length. Uh, but he may be a guy that is destined to move inside to guard. I don't know. I'm still curious to see what that measurement actually comes in as. But in terms of overall physicality, you know, he's got it all. He's got more physicality and nasty in him than a lot of the bigger tackles that you'll find in this draft. But only 305, he fights, he grinds, he's very active with the hands. Um, you look at his motor. Uh, you don't think of motor as then you look out of for offensive linemen as much as you do defensive linemen. Uh, but he he plays through the whistle, and that's something that Steelers like in their linemen. He has that streak of nasty. He's always trying to go forward. I do think a big concern with him, though, is that he lunges a lot. And that could be an issue because of his arm length. Maybe that's because he does have shorter arms. He feels the need to lunge play over his feet some. It's a fixable issue, uh, but I do think that 
could be one potential concern son that keeps him down draft boards. But everything is lining up for him perfectly. I realize that some people are not big on FCS prospects in round one. The Steelers are not uh, do not usually look at small school prospects in round one. or They may look at them, but they just typically don't draft them. Sure. There's, it could change based upon this scenario. When you look at this scenario, Joey Porter Jr. was off the board. The corners, I had mixed feelings about. Keem Smith could have made some sense here. Keely Ringo's draft stock is going down, struggled in that uh, game for the most yes. part. Um, against Ohio State, got burned several times. Uh, and I just don't see any linebackers at this point that are that high. That's kind of another big need. I, when you look at this, I think the Steelers, because they need guard and they need tackle, I think that makes Mach a safe pick because if he doesn't work out at tackle, you can slide him inside to guard. And I think he'd have just as much success there, if not even more, that may even boost his upside sure. uh, overall. When you're looking yeah. at Mach, a guy who has a chance to perform at the Senior Bowl, a lot of eyes are going to be on him. If he plays well, he's going to be a first-round pick. That's just how it typically works with senior ball offensive linemen. Sure. Um, it's just it's that's how it's worked in previous years. You see guys that rise every year because he's going to be playing top competition. Remember Dylan Radens um, from a couple years ago, uh, not doing so well in Tennessee. I think it's important that fans don't just lump him in, lump all North Dakota State prospects and FCS prospects right. in with him. We've seen a lot of good FCS prospects the past couple of years come out and be successful NFL players. And I'm not, again, this is not about what I want. If I'm the GM here, like I mentioned the seven round mock, I would probably be taking Osiris Torrance based upon how the draft board fell. But Cody Motch is a guy that I think people should be paying attention to because of his schematic fit with the Steelers. He plays a lot of uh, inside and outside zone. Uh, I think he would fit in with what the Steelers are trying to do. Again, big question is going to be that arm length. Yeah, physical guy, though, that um, the Steelers trying to build around this this running game and, you know, a, a guy that also can connect, can protect their uh, investment from this last year, Kenny Pickett. Um, but you, you're still looking at a, a guy in, in Mach who, you know, get him in an NFL weight room, maybe puts on some weight. You never know about that. Uh, he may be filled out. Um, but these these teams look at all these different things as well. And like you said, scheme fit, um, the the way that North Dakota State attacks in the on the ground, uh, specifically in, in with the zone blocking scheme and everything, uh, zone power, um, it fits what the Steelers do as well, what they what they like to do, what Pat Meyer is teaching in here. Maybe um Pat Meyer's first contact uh style of coaching would fit with a guy um, here who doesn't have all that length to just wait and, and and let the defender come to him. So, you know, that's something to to keep in mind here as well. I like the pick. I think that if the Steelers go offensive tackle in the first round and uh, or if, if Paris Johnson and, uh, and Peter Skaronski aren't there and they're still looking at offensive tackle because that's what they determine is their biggest need, we've seen it before when cornerback was their biggest need and William Jackson the third got swiped from them. They stayed with cornerback and took a guy that was probably well down other people's boards um, because that was what they felt was their biggest issue. If they feel like left tackle, uh, left guard is their biggest issue, then – I would not be surprised with a with a pick like this, even if Steelers fans and and pundits would say this guy is still out there. He's probably a better option at a different position. Um, so speaking of other positions, other players, you mentioned a couple: Osiris um, and Torrance. Uh, yeah, Osiris Torrance and uh, Joey Porter Jr. You know, if he's there, uh, uh, Cam Smith. Is there anybody else uh, that you're thinking? Uh, oh, 
um Osiris Torrance is as a guard, right? Yep. He's he's a true guard. Yep. Um any anybody else that that you're considering with that pick? Well, Skaronsky was off the board before the pick, but if we're talking about like, you know, ideal scenarios, I think that would be another guy cuz again, we don't know if Skaronsky's going to stay at tackle. He could yeah. move inside to guard. But then at the same time, he has pretty much the exact same physical profile as Rashawn Slater, who came out a couple of years ago. You know, it's almost like a carbon copy in some ways from uh, Skaronsky. So you want to think that he could make it at tackle and hopefully just as good a tackle as what Slater's been when healthy. Sure. Um, but he would make a lot of sense as well with Torrance. I think what's in what I don't totally understand is why the Steelers kept uh, Kevin Dotson at left guard and moved James Daniels to the right side because Daniels has a lot of experience at left guard. And uh, Dotson was exclusively a right guard in college. So I thought that would just be the ideal time to switch them around. Uh, that didn't happen. But uh, Torrance is primarily, he's pretty much a pure right guard. A guard is not as big as tackle in terms of the switch. If you're sure. switching sides of the line, but still, if the, if that is an issue, James Daniels can easily move to the left and maybe the Steelers will decide to do that anyways. That would be, uh, that's an awesome thought there. And the Steelers have always built inside to outside on their offensive line. They could prioritize, that guard position a little bit more than an offensive tackle. But you were saying like, if, if you had the the I, uh, ideal selection in the draft right now for the Steelers, that you would, you would probably go Skaronsky if he's there and that would be ideal for the Steelers in the first round. Probably it will probably change by, especially after we get past the combine and sure. senior bullet, we'll probably change. But first look, I think Skaronsky would be a big help to this offensive line. Sure. If I had to make like a, like the, the draft board fell, perfectly um within reason obviously i don't jalen carter is not making it to 16 overall right uh so uh the steelers trading up and taking carter i would love that um but you know you're talking a trade up and you're talking a team without uh, a ton of draft capital this year um they do have that extra second round pick that's basically a first round pick from chicago thanks to chicago there um but you know within reason if if it fell the way I'd like it to uh, my pick is Joey Porter jr. Um, he's to me a the best player in that range at the Steelers biggest position in need right now, which is cornerback in my opinion. So um, if that were to be the pick, I would be ecstatic. I would love it. Uh, if things yeah. hold as they are, uh, you know, the Steelers may address corner and free agency. Those things all change, you know, um, William Jackson, the third is kind of a wild card situation here. We don't know how the Steelers will handle that or how good he'll be anyway. So that's something to keep an eye on here as well. All right. So we got to the Steelers pick and instead of going through the back half of, of your mock draft 1.0, we'll just let uh, listeners go to the website, go to behind the steel And if you're having trouble finding it, it's down a couple days in the, in the article list. Just search uh, Mock Draft 1.0. It'll pop right up, and you can read there what some of the other teams are taking after the Steelers pick uh, at 16. But we're going to jump over to Andrew's other article from this last week, which is a Steelers seven-round mock. And uh, you just dove into every Steelers pick and uh, guys who would project to those specific spots potentially be available uh, where they're picking Um your second pick for the Steelers is one of my favorite players in the draft. I think one of yours as well. Um, tell us about the Chicago Bears pick that is now the Steelers pick in the Chase Claypool trade, who you took uh, at in the early second round. Well, just so fans realize, if 
The Bears lose this week. I believe they're playing Minnesota. And then uh, Houston happens to beat Indianapolis, which is definitely a possibility. The Steelers will have the 32nd pick in the NFL draft, which is legitimately a late first-round pick. It is. So the Steelers got is because Miami's forfeited pick. It'll be a round two pick, but just the same thing as having the last pick in the first round. And honestly, the advantage of that is the Steelers get 24 hours on the clock to figure out who they want to take with that pick. So that's even better in some ways than having that pick right there at 32. Maybe more opportunity to trade out of that pick if they so choose. But Siaki Ika, we've talked about him several times during the season. Yes, sir. Uh, he, there were times in the year where, yeah, he kind of disappeared. But the thing that can't disappear about a 358-pound person is that he's a two-gap defender. So even when he disappears, his impact is still being felt by the fact that you can't run straight up the middle. Right. So I I think Siaki Ika has a chance. There were questions in the – uh, on the Steelers mock draft about, you know, can Ika be a three-down guy? Technically, he could be, but in today's modern day of football, when you have so many players rotating in and out, I think the better way to phrase it would be, can he play on third downs? And yeah. I think he can uh, because he has displayed some pass rushing ability. I don't think you're going to have him on the field on third and 15 or anything like that. But if you're in a third and four, third and five situation against a team that likes to run the football, maybe you keep him out there. And I think he can bring enough upside as a pass rusher to be able to make his presence felt just because he's so dominant at pushing the pile. You almost have to double team unless you have a truly elite center who can anchor incredibly well. you got to have somebody else there to double team him because he's just too powerful of the middle. Mm-hmm. And he's got a good motor, got a little bit of twitch, knows how to split a gap, which I don't know how you do it at that size, uh, but really love his potential. Um, I think he'd be a great fit. And he, the big issue, we, we talked about it, Jeremy, with the linebackers. Yeah. The Steelers are going to have two small linebackers like the Steelers have had with Devin Bush slash Robert Spillane right. and Miles Jack. If we're going to continue with that philosophy, we've got to get bigger defensive linemen that are going to help keep these linebackers clean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he reminds me of Vita Vea. He really yep. does. Just a massive dude who knows how to move. And and just, I mean, the Buccaneers in their Super Bowl run a couple years ago, um, I could you could argue that nobody was better on that defense and more important to what they were doing in the playoff run, shutting down opponent, opponent running games and making them one-dimensional, than Vita Vea. He was a monster and uh, just played – out of his mind i love that pick for the steelers potentially uh we'll we'll go down uh, here a little bit um you, you had um sir servokia dennis i believe Cervasia. Cervasia. I, I believe i i actually don't know that as a fact but i think it's oh, servasia dennis you're probably correct there uh at linebacker in the second round uh as well the, the late second round pick just give me a, like a sentence or two about what you like about dennis here yeah, a lot of people got on me for this one because it's, a, again, another bit of projection, but very productive. A lot of linebackers in this class did not produce. Um, again, another undersized guy, but a guy who can fly sideline to sideline, uh, just has a nose for the football. And I really think he would fit in uh, if the Steelers are going to have, again, that too small, right. undersized linebacker set. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Devin Bush's return is in question, so they're going to potentially need to replace a starter at linebacker here, although they seem to like some of the guys that they have in place. Um, the Steelers go cornerback in your in the third round. Uh, maybe a, a long wait for some of those who think that the Steelers need to go cornerback early, but Jalen Jones, a good prospect. Uh, and you can find those guys in the third round. What do you like about Jalen Jones? Yeah, he's got everything the Steelers look for in prospects. He's not even 21 yet. Former five-star recruit. From a Power 5 conference, this looks like a Steelers <laughs> yeah. pick. 
He's six foot one, six foot one and a half, 205 pounds. He's going to have four, four, he's going to run a four, four, something more than likely in the 40. Uh, some people think he could potentially move to safety. Um, he does the, the, he can play either. I think the bigger question is, uh, do you want him to add maybe more weight if he's playing up, uh, toward the top of the defense? He's 205 pounds, but, um, not always the greatest tackle, not always the most physical. I think he could do a little bit better in that department if he had a little bit of weight, but a guy to keep an eye on a lot of upside, but again, still a little bit raw. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, what you're talking about in the, in the third round, fourth round, you're talking traits. A lot of times you're talking guys who have, um, potential who have shown out, um, athleticism or, really really good technique sometimes you get those guys there maybe they're undersized or or not quite as athletic but man they're just so technically sound and they're just so football savvy that's the kind of guys you see go in the third round here um so jalen jones kind of fits that uh versatility uh football smarts kind of category uh, but he does have good size i think as well and he's he's a he's a player that can play uh a lot of different positions there the steelers Typically take a wide receiver in the, in the draft. You got them going with one in the fourth round, Parker Washington. Um, and then you've got them going offensive guard in round six. The Steelers do not have a fifth round pick this year currently as we sit. Um, offensive guard, Matthew Jones. And then in the final round of the draft, round seven, we're going Javon Hicks out of Cincinnati um, at safety. And uh, the Steelers could need to address safety this offseason as well. There's a lot of positions the Steelers could need to address. Just give us a little bit of thought on these last three guys before we close out this mock draft deep dive. Yeah, I got a little bit of flack from comparing James Washington to Barker Washington. He's a little bit more athletic than James Washington, a little bit more explosive. But there's some inconsistencies in his game. But um, again, a young prospect with local ties makes a lot of sense for the Steelers. Matthew Jones, talk about a guy who boosted his stock this week. How many times do you hear Jalen Carter's name mentioned in that game? Not very often. Um, and Matthew Jones and Luke Whipler did an excellent job on the interior of that line and pass protection guy could be rising toward maybe even day two status. That may be a little bit premature right now. Stephen Gilmore would be my ideal selection at that point. Uh, Stephon Gilmore's brother could be a really good slot corner for the Steelers. Um, and then Javon Hicks, hard hitting safety from Cincinnati. A lot of Steelers fans liked him in the later rounds before he decided to return to school last year. Um, and if the Steelers, my grade A selection there, Davis Allen, another tight end. Talk about Brock Wright, a guy who I was high on a couple years ago. I had two more touchdowns yesterday against the Lions. If the Steelers can't get him in free agency, assuming the Lions bring him back, maybe the Steelers go for another late-round tight end with some athleticism. Davis Allen could be a guy to watch. Yeah, the late-round tight end thing is something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, Andrew, it was fun. It, a great look at, at these guys. And uh, we're going to have so many prospects we're going to be talking about over the next few uh, weeks over the next couple months um, and more mock drafts to come. Uh, if you have, if you want to see scouting reports on these players, you can go, uh, you know, to where Andrew talked about these guys on mock draft uh, Steelers seven round mock draft here. And then uh, you can also find resources out there, the draft network, um, uh, pro football network, uh, Walter football, a bunch of places we get some of our scouting reports and then go watch tape guys go watch some tape on some of these guys as well you're not going to be disappointed in in the opportunity to watch some of these prospects play and andrew i think you know you and i are going to try to get some of these guys on the show here too maybe not these guys we've talked about today but we'll have players 
Uh, sorry about that. If you heard my alarm going off, <laughs> we'll have players um, uh, for in for interviews on the show uh, coming up as we approach uh, the NFL draft as well. Uh, Andrew, any closing remarks you want to make before we head out uh, about your uh, mock draft when you'll be coming out with the next one? Next one will probably be post senior bowl. That's the goal. Once some things change um, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to start rolling out that BTSC big board with the quarterbacks coming out. And one tip for those of you that are wanting to get into scouting, like Jeremy was mentioning stuff with going to watch in some tape, go watch the tape. And then if you're going to use sources for scouting reports, then go to sign scouting reports and see what matches what. And then if something is different, maybe pull up more tape and go and see, okay, maybe I, maybe there's something that I'm not seeing here. And then that's sometimes where you have some discrepancies. If you're still seeing the same thing, you never know. You may end up being the right person as opposed to the the consensus scouting reports that you see. Tape can be differentiated differently between different people. So one thing to keep an eye on is you're getting ready for the NFL draft this spring. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Steelers Fix, deep diving Andrew Wilbar's initial mock draft of the approaching off season. Don't forget to check out the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict that ran earlier today. And then we will uh, give way to the Scobro show later tonight as well. Um, Dave and Rich Schofield coming at you fun as always so much content from behind the steel curtain.com, both the written word articles, um, everything you want on the website. And then you've got the BTSC family of podcasts as well, keeping you up to date on all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to do it for us here on the Steelers Fix. For Andrew Wilbar, I'm Jeremy Betts. We'll talk to you next time.